he came, as Jesus himself said, not to be served, but to serve, which is counterintuitive, uh, shocking, surprising, scandalous. You know, the, the king of the universe, the eternal son of God, infinite in glory and power, coming to the world saying, I am here to serve. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. We scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon. I'm a pastoral resident here at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined today with my dear friend Ryan Chase, uh, who is pastor and elder at Emmaus Road Church. Um, and this morning, we're, we're talking about our next shaping virtue, um, which is servanthood. And if you're following along in our uh, Sovereign Grace journal, which, as we've been going through these various virtues, this is chapter 7. And you'll notice it's written by our very own Gregory Dernberger. <laughs> I don't know where he found time to write such a thing, but he has done it, and it is wonderful. And it's Greg, in this opening, kind of his opening um, story he tells of, of singing the song, Let Me Be As Christ To You, which is such a Greg way to start something. Um, but he uses that to kind of carry along this idea that one of the marking features of uh, Sovereign Grace churches is this, this evidence of servanthood. Um, I know, Ryan, you have, as well as I, have been in and around Sovereign Grace culture and people for quite some time. And, you know, for Jamie and I, it was this kind of immersion into mm-hmm. the culture in Louisville. But uh, there is definitely a language around how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? What would it serve for me to do this for you? Mm-hmm. And that's just such a helpful paradigm for us to think through uh, you know it's easy to write that off as just cultural yeah it's just it's well it's just what just lingo right it's just it's just a cultural thing it's how they operate it's a language they use um but i think what greg does well here in this text is or in this chapter is help us recognize no these are gospel things mm. um in fact he makes a pretty pretty bold claim um let me let me see if i can <laughs> let me see if i can find it I Page seventy nine. Well, I shouldn't say things like that without actually <laughs> knowing that. Um, nevertheless, servanthood is also uh, more than a useful gift given uh, given to be exercised by some. Servanthood is an evidence of God's saving grace. So, like all the virtues, and, and this one as well, these are not things that are particular to any one personality or yeah. anyone just that's just their temperament. They're just kind of a servant hearted, servant hearted person mm. um, or, or things that we need to produce within ourselves um, because, you know, Ryan and I, you know, we're on this podcast telling you to No, rather these are fruits coming from hearts that have been affected yeah. by the good news of Jesus. So Ryan, when you, what were your first thoughts when you read this? Yeah, I love the point that Greg makes going out of that introduction into the, the body of the article when he says, um, you know, you, you can catch 
this virtue by being in a culture shaped by that. And I think that's true of all of these virtues. Mm. And as we've said repeatedly, um, this is the fruit that grows out of the root of the gospel. But virtue is a description of the kind of people that we are. Mm. So, you know, we've talked about being humble people and generous people and um, joyful people. And here we're talking about being uh, servant people, servant hearted. Um, And and you can, one of the ways that God works is through community. Uh, It is a means of grace when we're in community surrounded by these things, by other people who are marked by these virtues. And, And you do catch it there's Mm. a culture to it that you you learn but i love the point he makes there he says however it's also clear that servanthood is not merely something we catch servanthood is a distinct virtue born of gospel doctrine and produced in our lives through the active work of god the holy spirit Mm. which reminds us this is not just like oh anybody can learn this um and and fake this or act this way it it is a supernatural work the Mm. spirit of god produces this in us which means this is more than just some actions that we perform outwardly. It starts in our hearts. It's a work of the spirit, motivation of love produced, not just through natural means of affinity or, you know, th- these are the people I like. And so yeah. I'm, I'm nice to them, but oh, the yeah. spirit of God produces in us uh, a bond of peace and a, a unity and a, an affection and care for people um, and, and a disposition to lay our lives down for others. So I, I think just, keeping that as the banner over this, that this is a work of the spirit. It's a, it is a spiritual gift. Yes. Scripture talks about the spirit empowers this in us. Um, so that, that's, that stands out to me. Mm. Yeah. I'm reading back on 77 on servanthood mm-hmm. displayed and commended where he's kind of starting to um, define servanthood, what it is. You know, we just said um, what we've laid so far is that it's, it is a gift of the spirit given you know, the source of it is not within our own, up, you know, our own working, but mm-hmm. in the gospel functioning. But now what is servanthood? And, and Greg helpfully goes through that list at the end of Romans 16, where he highlights these various saints and what, how they have served one another, risked their necks. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls, there is Phoebe, a servant of the church. Um, so he, he highlights this list and then makes this comment, servanthood at the bottom of 77. Servanthood then seems to be a somewhat broad category for actively and intentionally pursuing the benefit and well-being of others. Yeah, that's helpful. And then he goes on to say, and the consummate display of servanthood is witnessed in the person and in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is so true. I mean, that has to be our starting point yeah. of, if we're going to have an idea of what is servanthood, before we talk about who are we to serve, what, what is it, mm-hmm. uh, it's important to remember that this is, as always, as we shouldn't be surprised, is found in the consummation, in its consummate form in Christ, who not just served those around him, um, you know, when we think of acts of service, you know, washing the disciples' feet or um, feet. 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 <laughs> or, uh, you know, healing the sick. Yes, okay, yeah, he's serving people, but ultimately, just by coming, he is serving the world. Yeah. That laying of his life down. Just by being incarnate, he right. has already acted as a servant. Yeah, many, many other smaller acts of service exhibited in his life, but culminating in one glorious act of self-sacrifice yeah. for the salvation of the world. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. So mm-hmm. he came, as Jesus himself said, not 
to be served, but to serve, which is counterintuitive, uh, shocking, surprising, scandalous, you know, the, the king of the universe, the eternal son of God, infinite in glory and power coming to the world saying, I am here to serve, not to be served. It's just not at all what we would expect from, and Jesus teaches his disciples this when he says, you know, the, the Gentiles lord it over others. The, the power structure in the world is when you're at the top, everybody else serves you yeah. and meets your needs and, and fulfills your demands. And he's saying, not so with you. Um, that, that's not how I do things. I'm, yeah. I'm here to serve you. And as I serve you, you must serve one another. He just totally inverts the power pyramid as, as the world and, and culture thinks of it. Yes. And it's so true too of thinking it's supposed to be discernible because it is so countercultural. Um, not just in Jesus's day, but in all of history, but man, most potently in modern America, where everybody anticipates any sort of any sort of thing I get from somebody, there must be an angle. Mm-hmm. There must be somebody trying to work me for something that I can give back. It's very much a quid pro quo kind of society yep. of if anybody's doing any sort of serving, it's not out of a genuine wanting to give or a yeah. or a un, you know not anticipating anything given back. But it is okay. You're giving me this now. What do I get? Yeah, what's back? in it for you? And there's also I think there's sometimes a Midwestern pride involved too. Of like yep. I don't want to be served. I don't want people to serve me. Um, if you do, then I, I'm not your charity case. I, I, I'll, you know, I'll do something for you too. Yep. Um, totally. And it also affects who we serve. I mean, Greg was commenting um, on the passage where, he's, where Jesus in Luke chapter 10 is, is having a discussion with the lawyer. And um, you know, he was asking, trying to get corner Jesus by saying to him, um, you know, who's my, who is my neighbor? If you're supposed to, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor, who is he? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Greg says this on top of 80, but Jesus, the discerner of hearts knows that the lawyer's agenda springs from a desire to justify himself. What he really wants to know is who don't I have to love? Mm. What is the bare minimum I have to do in order to inherit eternal life? Um, and that's kind of what you said earlier, Ryan, of, uh, it, okay, yes, I am serving. And then, yeah, but I'm really just serving the people I, I want to be around or the people yeah. I hang out with. Like only the gospel functioning in the hearts of Christians compels us to love our neighbor. I mean, just yeah. think of our neighbors right now in, in our neighborhoods, people that we probably see often, but from a distance, people that we probably don't have a lot in common with except for, you know, the, the normal stuff. Um, but probably not our close, dear friends, probably not people that we would you know, hang out with on a regular basis, but they live right next door. Yeah. So there's an inevitability of like, I come into contact with you all the time. And Jesus is saying the gospel is functioning in you serve them. Mm-hmm. Those are your name. Cause what we want to say is, well, yes, I'm serving the people that I hang out with a lot and the people I enjoy being around. Well, that is, that is evidence of, um, I haven't quite caught it yet. Yeah. Um, that the gospel is the thing that frees us now to serve all those that we come into contact with in a way that is self-sacrificial and not anticipating any other kickback. If you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, it, the way that it works in the world, um, you can pay people to do work for you that serves you. Yeah. You can hire people, you can contract things out. You, you can, um, you know, if, if you're, think back to other periods in world history where if, if you have enough money in your estate, you have servants mm-hmm. there and they 
take care of all of these things for you. They serve you and, and you pay them. Or in cases of slavery, you have people who do the work and you don't pay them because it's through force and threat and obligation and whatever. So Because you, you own them. Because you've already them. paid right, the price. Right. So that's the structure we're used to. And even today, you know, you, you can go out to eat and somebody else will cook your food and do the dishes and, and you, you pay them for it. So there's people are willing to do work for others when they're compensated. Right. And, and, and there's a, a place for that. When this gospel motivated mm. service for one another, um, it, you know, what is, what is the payment? What is the reward? It, what's the motivation? It's, it's not some monetary compensation that I receive. And it's nothing that you have to give me to convince me to do this. It, it begins with the work of God in us, mm. which assures us in Christ, all of my needs are going to be met. Yeah and satisfied and i have this overabundance then of god's generosity to me in christ which means i can work for you without needing anything from you because yeah. i have what i need in christ and and that then when you scale that up in a community of believers who are serving one another um, and then turning outward to serve mm. the world and the lost and neighbors yeah. um, that's that's different when people are living and acting like they're servants or slaves of one another because Christ compels us yeah. and yeah. that's what he's done to us. And if you're listening carefully to what Ryan just said, you'll notice that there are various virtues expressed there. Um, stuff that we've already talked about, things like humility, yeah. things like generosity, things like encouragement. Um, the, these are all talking to one another. And again, all stemming from the abundance, uh, like gratitude was another one, the abundance that we have right. in Christ because he is the bread of life, because he is the only thing that can satisfy. And when we've tasted of him and we have been satisfied, we now have abundance. Mm -hmm. And so there is an ability to just go and serve one another um, in that way. There, there's also the Greg says this on 78, um, it, it would seem clear that it's impossible to yield to Christ's lordship and follow him wholeheartedly without servanthood being evident in our lives. So making mm. the claim that this is not a side feature. Um, it's, not a, yeah. it's not an optional. Not optional add-on or upgrade. Or exactly. This, this is meant to be a discernible, <laughs> functional fruit mm. being produced from the gospel. And then, he's, and then he goes on and says, the less we're inclined to serve, the less like Jesus we are. And that, that's pointed. <laughs> and yeah. I think, I think that's, that's helpful to me to think, man, when, I'm, when I grumble, when I don't want to give up of my time or whatever to serve mm -hmm. somebody, um, is that category of, oh, this, no, the Lord commands me to do this. And as with, all commands of God. He not only commands it, but then gives us the means by which yeah, we the can grace obey to it, do it. Yep. which is just amazing. But I'm constantly fighting in my own soul, mm -hmm. this sinful temptation to want to neglect others because it might cost me my own comfort. I think again, Greg helpfully says on 81, I'm far, I'm far less motivated to involve myself in serving, caring and meeting the needs of others. If I'm anxious about my own needs being met, mm -hmm. I want, I have limitations and perhaps I won't get what I want. And we do live in a cultural moment where it's all about self-care, about self-love. You know, you take care of yourself. You don't need any, anybody else. You don't need anything else. You don't need others. You don't need community. You don't need the gospel. You need to take care of you 
ahead of it. Yep. And you des- and you deserve that. Yep. You deserve that type of thing. So it's a, it's a temptation and everything around us in our society is leading us on that path of wanting to say, um, take care of yourself mm-hmm. before anybody else. Put your gas mask on first before, or gas mask, your, your <laughs> oxygen mask on first before anybody else. But that just kind of, doesn't that kind of upend the gospel logic in some mm. sense? Yeah. Well, and we're commanded, love your neighbor, love one another um, as you love yourself. And like Paul says in Ephesians 5, when he's talking to husbands, commanding them to love their wives, he says, no, nobody ever hated his own body, mm. uh, but rather you, you nourish it and you cherish it. You, you take care of your body. You know when you're hungry and you do something about it. You know when you're tired and you do something about it. Um, it doesn't take any effort at all to be constantly aware of your own needs and wants and desires and discomforts and then to take steps to do something. But it does take the work of the Spirit of God in us to be mindful of the needs of others. Mm. And to treat others in that way. So just like you would take care of yourself when you have needs, nourishing and cherishing and caring for the needs of others, it, it moves that outward. And, and that's really what it means to serve others is um, you know, looking after their well-being and their needs. I, I love the command in 1 Peter 4.11, and Greg mentions this in, in the article um, where Peter's talking about spiritual gifts, and he says, um, Whoever serves, let him serve in the strength that God supplies yes. so that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. So God gets the glory when we serve specifically by the strength he supplies. Yeah. If we're serving in our own strength, I have the margin, I have the capacity, I have the means, I have, you know, in and of myself, um, then, then we just glorify ourselves. But when we serve in such a way that we are mindful, and it might be apparent to others that um, we, we don't have this strength in and of ourselves, God supplies us mm. with that strength and with that motivation and desire. That's what glorifies and honors God. He's exalted when we serve with the strength that he supplies to us. And so embedded in that command is this promise, God supplies strength. That, that's what his grace does in us. He supplies us with the strength to serve yeah. others and, and meet their needs. That, that is so critical because I think the application most immediately for, for service, uh, for servanthoodedness, so that's not a word. For, You're on a roll today. <laughs> for, ser- for serving one another um, is just in our, in our, local, in our you know, small little local church. Um, there's abundant need, even in a, in a church our size, for, for serving one another. Uh, it can be also be done in just in, well, first in families and then mm-hmm. also in missional communities, mm-hmm. but also in the church at large. I, I know I'm mindful on a Sunday morning of just all the people who give of themselves just to make the meeting happen. Yeah. Um, that set the table, come beforehand, give of their time, give of their resources, give up their talent, give of their energy yep. to set the table so to serve others that they can just walk into the meeting and be served and to eat and to feast on all mm. that God has. And I'm just mindful of, of all those people. And I'm just so, it's so, every, every Sunday I'm affected by just, um, by that, by their servant heartedness, mm. uh, by their giving and their, 
um, laying down their preferences to serve. I think of the host team. I think of the people who are on the music team. Mm-hmm. I think of especially the people who are in the kids team who, uh, who are <laughs> giving up their time in the sermon mm-hmm. to serve the children of our church. And when I was, um, when I met with the, the, the kids team a couple months ago to encourage them, I used that first Peter passage of, it is a, it is a God glorifying thing mm. to serve and to be and to serve from the reserves of the gospel, not yeah. from your own strength. Um, so that's just an immediate application of yep. if you're wondering a way to exercise this now, mm. any of those would be <laughs> serving on a ministry team. Exactly. That, that just the it's it's just such a helpful um, a way to serve others in ways that they don't even maybe know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, this is, you know, just another point, not directly related to that, but one of the things that stood out to me in reading through this is um, the connection between servant, uh, servanthood and love. Mm. Um, Greg quoted Galatians five thirteen and 14, uh, where Paul writes, through love, serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, mm. so there is a link between loving others and serving others. Serving others is the expression of love for others. So when Paul talks similarly in Romans 13 and he says, love fulfills the whole law, all the commandments, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie, all summed up in the command, love your neighbor. Those commands are on the negative side, you know, what not to do. If you do these things to others, you are acting in an unloving way. You're violating God's law. Mm. So you could just leave it at that, leave people alone. Don't lie to anybody. Don't covet anything. Don't murder anybody. Then you're, you're loving others, right? But there's more than just leaving people alone. S- serving is the positive side of, okay, so here's how not to treat people. Then how do you treat people? And the answer is you, you serve them. That, yeah. that is the expression of love for others where you are seeking by God's grace with the strength he supplies and the the gifts and abilities he gives you to meet the needs of others and to point them to Christ so that they find their joy and satisfaction in the Lord. Mm. Um, he's supplied all that you need. Now you can lay your life down for the good of others to make them happy in God. Th- that, that's so helpful to me to see serving is an expression of love. Yes. It, w- it would be under that, that banner through love, serve one another. So it, it, it gets to the, the, the motive. Um, you know, the, the heart disposition toward others. It's not begrudging when you serve from mm. the heart. It's, it's you genuinely desire the good of others. Um, yeah, it's just, that's powerful. Yeah. And Greg also mentions, and I think it's, it's a good reminder that certainly uh, servanthood can become an idol. It can become mm. a thing that is mm. um, worshipped on its own of, of I am it's a subtle thing, but you know, we're fighting in our, our own disposition that I'm serving. I want people to know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, or the call to say, no, everybody must serve. And if you're not, you're in, you know, clear, whatever it, it can be idolatrous to set it up, which, which is true of all these virtues. Right. There, there is a ditch, of course. Yeah. Um, if you cut the fruit off from the root of the gospel, you, you could just idolize that. Right. Which is for itself. The remedy is not, well, don't serve. The remedy is can repent and believe right. and turn to Christ and experience the provision from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to be clear that, that that's a helpful kind of like reminder that this, this could turn idolatrous in your own heart without you even realizing it. But 
servant, serving one another is a, just such a tangible, immediate, beautiful picture of the gospel. And anybody who has been served or is witnessing others serving others, it, it just is, has such an edifying and encouraging building up effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as Greg ends the article, it just mentioned, he mentions how serving at Emmaus Road Church has been, you know, as he often says, the highlight of his life. Well, I think I would say the same. Um, mm. being, a, being around believers that we just love and cherish so much, it's easy to serve at Emmaus Road Church. Yeah. It's easy to give of ourselves at Emmaus Road Church because of the culture, the, the gospel central, the, the gospel centrality of our culture is um, it's discernible and it's laudable. Yeah. And it's encouraging and it's building up. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anybody's wondering, well, sometimes if you hear, well, there is a danger of idolatry and people are very sensitive and don't want to run into that. Mm. Like you said, it, it's certainly no reason not to serve. The remedy is not don't serve, but it is a reminder in your serving, where are you looking for your satisfaction? Is the reward being seen by others that's and being good. celebrated by others and recognized because that's when you know the the warning sign the check engine light would be if you start to grow kind of begrudging discontent um frustrated nobody's noticing mm-hmm. nobody's thanking nobody's uh recognizing what what you're doing and what you're sacrificing that that probably means your hope has shifted from God sees and God knows and God approves and this is pleasing to God and God supplies me with what I need so I have the capacity to yeah. meet the needs of others. I don't need anything from them. Uh, I'm serving out of the fullness of Christ. That, that helps in our hearts to know um, what to be on guard for because that, that is a huge temptation when yes. you're serving to start to feel like, does anybody even notice? <laughs> and, and which is very subtly, you know, a, a godless thought as right. though I need the honor. God does not notice right. and, or I know he does, but I need more than that. That's not enough for me. So and it also, it shows that I'm trying to serve out of my own strength because if right. I serve out of my own strength then I get my, I should be receiving the glory. Right. I'm not receiving the glory. Yes. Something's off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just wanting the, the, that, that's a great point. Not just thanks and approval from people, but wanting their thanks to go to God. You mm. know, if you, if you serve others and the result is they pray to God and say, thank you, God, for meeting this need through this person, um, that's our greatest joy. Mm. And Paul talks about that when other people overflow in gratitude toward God as a result of you. That, that's our aim. One other thought, just practically, um, Greg mentions at the beginning, there, there's this line that struck me. He said, in, in my tradition, we often said to one another, if there's anything you need me to do, just ask. Mm. And in my experience, um, you know, I, I think it's easy to say that. And when, when we say that to each other, we mean well. Mm. Um, but the reality is, do we ever really ask for help when we need help? Um, not really. And like you and said, if we have to ask, why is nobody noticing? Yeah. 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 Before <laughs> it, it's, and it's easy to say that, especially when we know people are going through mm-hmm. hard things and, and we don't really know what to do. I, I just think back to, um, a season in our lives when, uh, when our boys were born and they were in the NICU for four months, that, that was a, an incredible time. Um, and then when our son Isaac died, 
And the things that stood out to us the most, a lot of people really wanted to help and wanted to serve. The, we had no idea how to answer the question mm. when people would ask, what yeah. can we do? Totally. It was just kind of overwhelming. And uh, I don't know. Or even if we thought of things, we're not going to ask right. if, you know, could you come over and do this or that? Um, but we were blown away by the people who just did something. Mm. Um, I, I was teaching at Sioux Falls Christian at the time and the senior boys that year, our boys were in the NICU. Um, some of the senior boys said, we are going to mow your lawn all summer. Oh, wow. And they lined up just between them, had a rotation and they just showed up and mowed our lawn. And it was the most incredible thing. And it like, didn't ask for it. Never would have asked for that. Um, and it just blew us away there. You know, there are people who just took steps and they said, we, we know you didn't ask for this, but we're just going to do this mm-hmm. for you. Um, that has taught us to be more assertive mm-hmm. in look for a need. And, and then you, you can offer, you know, obviously if somebody says, no, I don't want you to do that. Well, you don't want to be pushy with that. Right. But most of the time you find just being assertive in that way that, Hey, this is on my heart to do this. Would this serve you? Yeah. You can still ask for permission, but when you come with an idea, um, it, it, I think that it, it, in our experience is yeah. what most blew us away to, to experience mm-hmm. being served by others. Um, the ideas that God put on their heart or their mind, what they had capacity for right because it 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 highlights i i I, when you say that it highlights care right it these it's not just hey i have resources who needs some it's more i'm looking out with gospel lenses at ways that i I realize i have margin i have resources and of course ultimately all those margins and resources are given by god and his satisfaction but i i look at the people in my immediate context maybe your missional community maybe in our you know in our church and see i recognize they have need yeah. And I'm going to, yeah, I, I've got a way to help them. Yeah. And so it just, what it communicates on the receiving end. Cause I mean, Jamie and I have experienced that just in moving to Louisville without, you know, we, we received incredible gifts from people without asking, without just people knew. And that just communicated such care and, yeah. and ultimately love people yeah. are loving us and caring for us in immediate needs. And so when, you know, couple this with the language we often use of evidences of grace, what it highlights is once again, it's not that Ryan, you're serving me and you know, wow, what an incredible person Ryan is. It's God, thank God for your grace in that person's life, which is now being transmitted to me. Yeah. I am now the recipient of your grace through the means of your people and through that. And as the new Testament talks about through the hands and feet of the body of Christ. Yep. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yep. Um, and, and none of it goes wasted. I, I just think mm. back to that, those seasons in our lives it, when Isaac died, um, that week, uh, we opened the door. There was a cooler sitting on the front step with a note. Um, somebody had put together and said, keep the cooler full of drinks. They said, we, we know you probably have family coming to town and yeah. probably the last thing you, you weren't prepared. You probably didn't have time to run to the store. So here are, you know, bottles of water and Gatorade and soda and whatever for, for your family for today filled with ice. And just, just a note, like, no, Hey, what do you need us to do? Just, we're going to drop this off. Um, when our twins were in the NICU, there was a group that reached out to us and said, um, we would love to just do a landscaping project for you. Do you have anything we could Mm. do? (laughs) We're like, well, actually we haven't gotten around to this. And, um, and it was just their joy to do that, which again, if somebody just said, 
what can we do to serve you? We never would have been like, well, we've got this landscaping project. <laughs> ne- never would have thrown that out there. But no. when somebody came and said, we want to do this for you. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the specific things. People um, pulled money to pay for a house cleaner to come mm-hmm. for a period of time. And it, there were just things like that, that um, others thought, I bet, I bet they have a need in this area. Yeah. We're going to take care of that. Yeah. And, and it doesn't go to waste. Um, That's it, right. And, and it, it lands with that evidence of God's grace. We feel God's love and mm. God's care and God's provision in those Which things. Is in the midst of crises like that, yeah. that's what you need. Yeah. You don't need a group of people to make you feel better. Right. You need God yeah. and his care and love and yep. provision. And it's just that, that's what you need in the, minute, in the moment. Yep. And it's through those, ta- this is what's so helpful too, is like we, our temptation as Christians is often to dichotomize the spiritual from the physical, mm-hmm. right? Well, this is a means of putting those two where they belong, right. which is together, yep. which is I cannot. So not just people are praying for you, which is right. critical, yes, awesome, pray. but also serving one another in yeah. tangible, physical, right now, real needs. Just yep. the idea of you guys, they might need their, mo- their lawn mowed. Mm-hmm. And I bet that's not on their agenda mm-hmm. in their minds mm-hmm. for the next while. Let's just take care of that. Yep. Let's, what, what's one way that we can remove from them another burden? Yep. Um, because you know, as you know, going through crises, life just keeps happening. The grass keeps growing right. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't, it, the grass doesn't care what you're going through. Right. It's going to grow. And, and so just to have that, I just think of like snow that piles mm-hmm. up, like mm-hmm. we have this winter or leaves this past fall, just ways for us to serve one another in tangible everyday ways. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be massive. But it's in, like you said, nothing goes to waste and it's all glory being pointed right back to God where it belongs. Yeah. So I think the encouragement is take steps of faith. If, mm. if you have it on your heart, like, oh, I would love to bring a meal to those people. Um, just do it. Yeah. Uh, get them a gift card and you yeah. know, just drop it off or just say, hey, I'd like to bring you guys a meal. What night of the week would be best? Mm. Um, just take steps by faith to express care for others in whatever God has laid on your heart um, it, and, and trust that God will use that in, in profound ways. So I, I love this. Um, great to highlight this, this virtue of, of servanthood. May we, by God's grace, continue to grow in that, that this would yeah. be true of us, that we love one another through serving. Yeah, my, I know to my, my family, my extended family, this is a virtue that has marked our church for the entire time we've been there. My, my mom has often said, um, your church just loves to serve one another. Mm. Just, just even think of the, when we moved in this past last June and we showed up to a, not a small army, a, a full army of people. Yeah. They're like 40 people there. <laughs> that truck, that, that you all was empty in like five minutes, but not just that. I also had, there's also people, people who I hadn't even met yet that, that were just in our kitchen, just saying to Jamie, where, where do you want stuff? And Jamie is overwhelmed with the amount of people just said, wherever you guys put it is great. (laughs) And they just went into organizing mode and just, these are tangible ways we actually love and care for one another, Mm. not just in the crisis moments, but in the everyday moments of life. So thank you, Emmaus Road Church for being a servant hearted people. Um, It is a joy Mm -hmm. for us Mm -hmm. as pastors and pastoral residents and leadership to, to serve you as you and see you serve others. Um, So may God get all the glory in our, servant heartedness um and yeah let's we need to rely on him daily for this so 
Till next time. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.